Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics. I am Sarah from the left, and today I am here with Annie B. Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia, and co-host of the podcast From the Front Porch, where you say you talk about books, the South, and small business. Right, Annie? That's right. I love those. I love those three topics. They are um, three of my favorite topics as well. So I've been on Annie's show talking about the politics of being Southern, which was fantastic. And now Annie is here to talk about fiction, politics, and how it can help you build empathy and therefore be more nuanced. I'm so excited about this topic, Annie. I am so excited, too, because I have so many people in my life who only read nonfiction. 
and they kind of turn their noses up a little bit mm-hmm. at fiction, and I think that's so sad. So I'm excited. Well, and look, it doesn't have to be um, just you and I spouting off our opinions. There's like some good science about how important it is to read fiction to put yourself because it's a it's a mental exercise that's hard to get somewhere else, which is to put yourself really in someone else's head and someone else's shoes, and why that's so important. Absolutely. To build, and there's a really good study about how like kids who read Harry Potter are more empathetic, which I like to tote around with me. I mean, I can listen, <laughs> not surprising. Our audience is, you know, heavy on the nonfiction. And look, I love a nonfiction book. I'm a learner, but I wouldn't get right. to my like, I've already read 20 books this year. I would not have gotten there without fiction because sometimes you get a little bogged down in nonfiction. Whereas when I read a fiction book, I'm like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Exactly. And um, I think a lot of those studies that talk about empathy talk about the importance of deep reading and really mm-hmm. getting into a text. And I know that that happens in nonfiction, right, because we underline and highlight. But when you're in fiction, you're really in that world. Yeah. And it gets back to that um, that quote from uh, Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird about putting someone else's skin on and walking around in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think literature and fiction help us do that. No, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, I love reading nonfiction. And even when it's a book, I really, really love. But I can still feel my brain, my social media adult um, brain being like, <laughs> go check, go check, go check. But when I'm really in a fiction book... I'm like, everybody leave me alone. And when somebody like, I, I'm not distracted. The only way I'm pulled out of it is if I'm interrupted, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You're kind of enmeshed in it. And I, interestingly, so my husband started a book club here at the bookshelf recently, and it's a group of guys. And um, I think many of them have been mostly nonfiction readers. And so they read a fiction book a couple of weeks ago, and my husband said it was one of the best conversations they had had. Oh, and so awesome. I personally... Think Yeah, I think that's because of fiction and because of the conversations it helps us have. I mean, nonfiction can do that, too. But I know in the bookstore anyway, a lot of people, fiction makes hard topics accessible. Yeah. And so you can talk about hard things with a little bit more ease if fiction is your entry point. Right. Right. Because there's just the stakes aren't as high. You're talking about a fake person. Yeah. So who cares? Exactly. That's right. So, um, I think in the bookstore and especially in book clubs that meet here, I have seen fiction really open up conversations and open up doors that I know these people wouldn't normally have if it weren't for the fact that a book was guiding them through it. So Beth calls me the resource Sherpa because I love recommending things, especially books. So your job is sort of my dream gig. I understand (laughs) logically that owning a bookstore is not just about sitting around recommending books all day, but (laughs) let's just pretend for a moment that it is. And you have some book recommendations for us. Yes, I totally do. Because you are right that it is not the only part of my job. Sadly, I do have to do things like pay bills and awful, awful taxes. But uh, the good news is that a good portion of my job is uh, hand selling and trying to recommend books to people because Amazon can't do that. So, no, so true. Um, I never trust, even though, even with the reviews and the things, I just know I only read books like recommended by actual real life people. I know. Exactly. So yeah, I do have some recommendations, including so the first one is one you have probably already seen all over the place. And it's the one that my husband's book club read, which is exit West. Ooh, I haven't. Um, have you- Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So you have to read Exit West. Um, it is a book about a couple who lives in an undisclosed, like unidentified Middle Eastern country. 
and they find these doors that take them to other countries and other lands. So when Ooh. they are in the middle of a crisis, they're able to find these doors. It's almost like got a Narnia element to it. Hmm. Um, but I heard the author interviewed on NPR, and he said the reason he wrote this book this way was he didn't want the book to be about the journey the refugees were taking. He wanted it to be about identifying home and what home looks like. So not so much the journey to get to a new home, but what home means to people. And so you watch this couple kind of go from the Middle East to Greece to London, I believe, and then to America. It is uniquely written, super short. I feel like the only kind of complaint I've heard about this book is that it's almost like a short story, and I think maybe even more of a novella, but it is fantastic. Um, the book club felt like it was good, but then the discussion made it great. Yeah, so I can see I would, that. Yeah. Because I struggle so much, especially, you know, I just think that an, the experience of a refugee in particular, not just someone who has immigrated, but a refugee is so unique and would be, it's one of those things like you really do have to put somebody else's skin on and think about what would I do if I had no citizenship, if I had no ability to no process or no um, ability to protect myself or my children. There's really nobody looking mm-hmm. out for me or sticking up for me except for like Angelina Jolie. And <laughs> that is just, it's so incredible because as an American, we wear that so easily. And it's, uh, it's like the air we breathe. We're Americans. Every, even when I travel, I just always felt like, well, I'm an American. There's only so much like they'll, they'll yeah. forget me. They'll protect me. And That's if you right. didn't have that, how incredibly disorienting and hard that would be. Yeah, and the author is a Pakistani author, Mohsin Hamid, and I feel like he really writes so beautifully and so well about that plight and that struggle of identity and home, and I can't imagine, I mean, when I read books like this, so this book came out, I think maybe in February or March of this year, but you know then that it was written months ago, and the timeliness of this book Mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, but he writes about that, that struggle of identity, um, really well. And the, and the two main characters, you can see they both tackle that struggle in different ways. And so that's interesting too. Ooh, I want to read this. I'm definitely, especially if it's short, I, la- I, I particularly yeah, like sh- short. good short books so that I can up my number for the year. I got to meet my read good reads reading challenge. It's all about the number. You yeah. Know. What's your, re- I, I do want to know how many books are you trying to read? I'm trying to get to 40. So I'm, I'm going really good so far. Oh, you are. You're way ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, and I've read a couple really long ones too. I, I am an, um, I don't know if you're a Gretchen Rubin fan, but I, at least when it comes to reading, am an obliger. I do much better with an outside, um, what's the word I want? Like, um, responsibility or like, like a, deadline. A goal. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in a million book clubs. I have a book club in my town. Pants who politics has a book club. I have a close friend who two close friends from college who we have our own little book club. And then I also anytime oh I'm in I do modern Mrs. Darcy's book clubs. So that's four book clubs. <laughs> but like and then every time somebody recommends a book, I try to get it from the library so I know there's a deadline. Like I just do really well when I have to read it quickly. Like you just and also I, I also stopped watching television, so that helped. <laughs> yeah, you you like some accountability. I I am a huge Gretchen Rubin fan, and I this year my goal is a hundred. Mm. I've never read a hundred books, 
Um, oh, I'm doing that. I, now I'm doing I, it. I can't stand it. That's going to be my goal next year. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I, and I'm doing it and I like, I'm on track. Um, but I don't know if I'll do it again just because who the sheer quantity and like, I really like time to process. And when you're reading a hundred books in a year, you're kind of like, okay, next. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we'll see if I do it again, but I think I'm on track to finish that this year. And well, do it you, does help I mean, what are your, do you have guidelines? Like, problem. do like young adult count? Like I, you know, I'm in a mother son book club with my seven year old. Uh-huh. And so I roll through those pretty quick, you know, like we get through those. That's just another easy, that's an easy win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I count those. Like I read my first ever comic book on the recommendation of a, um, of a bookshelf staffer. And I counted that cause I was like, yeah, that's outside my genre. I'll take it. Heck yeah. Oh, and I just love hundred. That's just such a pretty round number. I dig it so much. Right. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I'm stealing that. Okay. What's the next book you have recommended for us? Okay. I hope this is one you've heard of too, but, um, it's called, this is how it always is. Oh, heck yeah. Have that was a modern, yeah, that was a modern Mrs. Darcy pick a few months ago. Yeah. So it's by Lori Frankel. I do not listen to a ton of audiobooks for whatever reason. My brain just processes um, visually a little bit better, but I did listen to this one and the narration was phenomenal. Um, I love this book because I love dysfunctional family stories, mm-hmm. but what makes this a book that kind of helps us, I think, have some empathy and nuance is because um, it's all about Claude, who's five years old. He's the youngest of five brothers, but he also loves wearing dresses. And when he grows up, he always tells his mom he wants to be a girl. And so the book kind of follows this path of not only Claude, but also the specifically the mother. I think this would make a great, um, I'm going to be recommending this one for Mother's Day. It's just a great mother-son story, but um, all about the family and how they react and how they cope. And I had not ever read a book like this or about this perspective. And I am so, so glad that I did. I loved this book. I thought I I really want to go read more of her work. I found her writing so um, great and well done, especially sort of the, like that you said, the dysfunctional family and the chemistry of marriage and birth order and how those all mix together in a family. And, you know, for such a highly um, contentious, political issue. She did such a good job. I really found that her little personal essay at the end of the book, one of the most touching parts. Um, I think it was so good. And I think too, and I think what she did with that fiction book is something you, you know, she did it in a different way, but it was still personal because she also has a transgender child, which is, you know, I think transgendered issues are being diffused in a way that uh, sexuality issues never were because so often we're talking about kids and like, I'm not saying people aren't capable of being real jerks about it, even when they're kids, but it does seem to diffuse a lot of the strong emotion. Cause people are just not going to get in an eight year old's face and be like, you're an abomination. Again, some people will, but most people won't. Well, and I think like when I look around at my customer base, I'm not sure how they would feel about this issue politically but when you're reading about a child mm-hmm. and the and the trauma and the pain and the difficulty that this family is going through, you can't help but be 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 empathetic and be a little bit heartbroken at the confusion and try to wrap your brain around the issue in a way you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. And I loved it, too, that I thought what she did so well is it's not just that you, you know, I think a lot of us when it comes to being when we, we tackle an issue of an identity, 
like being transgendered. And we think automatically of like, what would that be like? But I thought what she did so well, which makes sense because it's her own personal journey is writing about the parents. And I think in my mind, I was just like, well, they all, they all take the same approach and there's the standard advice and sort of the back and forth and the, and the, the struggle and um, debate within the family that they go through about how to react and how to treat this. I thought that was so good. And just acknowledging like, there is no right answer. We don't know the right answer. Like, I just thought that was so, so good. Yeah. We loved it. Loved it. Lots Agreed. of nuance in that book for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you read it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. 
and you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantsuit. Okay, so what else you got for us? Okay, so this one, it just came out in paperback. It was out in hardback last year. Got a lot of praise. Homegoing. Oh, I loved um, it. I read that one, too. I read that one, too. Yay! Oh, I'm so glad. Um, so Homegoing to me, and I'll go ahead and pair it with another one. Um, not completely similar, but the themes, I think, are similar. Did you read Americana? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So Americana is by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And Good then, job on that going, name. Woo. Oh, thanks. I, I YouTube that. When I, <laughs> yeah, I've had to practice it a lot of times because I love her so much. And I talk about it all the time and I'm like, I've got to learn how to pronounce her name. Yeah, I watched a couple of YouTube clips. Um, and then Homegoing by Yag Yassi, I think, um, is how you pronounce her name. Anyway, they, I just know my book club read Homegoing together. And the conversation that we had was so powerful and I mean, and there were women in my book club who did not, um, did not make it through the whole book because it is intense mm-hmm. in parts. And if you're a highly sensitive reader, there are parts of homegoing that might be difficult for you. But homegoing and Americana to me tackle a lot of the same issues about immigration and coming from one country to another. Homegoing just does it in a more kind of historical way. You yeah. kind of get to watch. Well, um, the, let's tell, I don't think we spoil anything by sort of telling how the book is set up. Yeah, so the book is set up um, about these two women who are part of the same family. And is it is it Ghana? Is it Ghana? Uh-huh. No, Ghana. no, no, I'm sorry. And then, it's the Ivory Coast. Okay, so these two women on the Ivory Coast, and we get to watch both of their generations um, through the slave trade and the impact of the slave trade. One of the generations stays on the Ivory Coast, and the other immigrate fully toward America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to kind of follow American history. What I liked, too, was that she pulled out, when she, when she gets to the portion about kind of the civil rights movement or the 1960s, she didn't talk about the things that we kind of always talk about. Yeah. Instead, um, she talked about there were some, you know, references to chain gangs, but it was also about living in Birmingham, Alabama, um, where the coal plant was like you just kind of got a different maybe take than another book that might talk to you or introduce you to Martin Luther King Jr. or um, the riots or things like that. I feel like she really tackled different parts of American history that I was not as familiar with. Right. I think Um, she does such a good job. And I mean, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the, the one who comes to America is brought here during the slave trade and then sort of I thought what she did such a good job of on both sides is showing the impact of that, of slavery, both still on the Ivory Coast and what happens to the, to the communities affected by the slave trade and left behind and yeah. sort of the decisions that were made. And then the family, it's not like she's just like slavery is awful. The end, like she talks like the, she talks with the story of this enslaved person and sort of how that how that plays out across generation and the impact and how that trauma builds and is really never forgotten. I just thought, Oh, it's yeah, such a great the, book. 
yeah, it's those consequences Mm -hmm. that, again, maybe we don't really talk about fully or we don't understand that some of what's happening in culture right now is an effect of slavery, even though that might be foreign to you or to me. Um, I, I thought the way she handled the subject matter, I mean, first of all, she just writes beautifully. Um, and then the, the, the story is so compelling and, and how you get to watch these generations whose slavery hasn't existed for them in decades and in years. And yet they're really still facing the repercussions of that, Mm -hmm. um, on both in both America and on the Ivory coast. So yeah, I, I loved, loved that book. Our, our listeners know this, but I recently did a, uh, went for a visit to the Whitney Plantation, which is outside New Orleans and is a plantation that it's not a, let's all go pretend we're in Gone with the Wind plantation at all. It is a mm-hmm. plantation that really seeks to tell the story of the enslaved populations. And, um, Homegoing was a book they had all over their bookstore that was, they recommended, um, because they prioritize so much that, the slave narrative. And they're like very careful about saying like, we don't know what this was like. We only have certain slave stories um, taken after the civil war. So most of these people were children. And so we're dependent on either their recollections or um, stories they've, they've um, heard and told or stories recorded from runaway slaves or people who escaped slavery. And so it was just, it's, it's a really um, fantastic book. I think there has been such um, great things happening in fiction with that book and with the underground railroad that seeks to really expand. It was a, I think that it's not, I'm not saying every book, but for so long, I feel like, um, slave narratives were so one dimensional or not, not slave narratives themselves, but fictional narratives, I guess is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Not the stories of the actual people, but like the stories we told in our culture yeah. about slavery for so long were one dimensional and, um, really let's be honest written to make make white people feel better um yeah it's there's the the complexity of the reality of enslaved populations and the impact of that on everything in our culture i think it's finally starting to come out which i think is really great in fact i will ask you this and our listeners i don't know if i've ever asked this on the air i would really like to read a book fiction or nonfiction, preferably nonfiction, about so in Kentucky in particular, there wasn't a lot of, um, huge slave plantations, but there was, you know, um, the people, um, in my family, my ancestors, several of them unfortunately owned slaves, but they were like very small numbers. And I have to believe that was a very different experience. I am not saying that was a better experience. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I just am so, um, curious. I haven't ever read any historical, um, sort of tellings about those, the sl- the smaller numbers and what the, the interactions between people must have been like, cause I have to believe they would have been different than an overseer being in charge of like, you know, 50 individuals. So I just, I'm, if you ever stumble across that in your bookstore or other places, please let me know. I've been seeking that out. Okay. I'm writing a note right now. I, and I have to say too, so I am in the deep, um, I, I do feel like the deep South. I grew up, um, in Tallahassee, Florida, which isn't far from here, but that was a very different experience than South Georgia, where mm-hmm. um, we live now and own the bookstore. And the reaction to some of these books has been really interesting. And I'm so glad to hear that the Whitney Plantation is not trying to bury its yep. history mm-hmm. um, and instead is being honest. And I think it's pretty incredible that they want to kind of tell the truth about what happened there. Um, because I don't think that always happens. 
Um, and even with a book like The Underground Railroad, which I adored, um, and we have sold dozens of copies here at the bookshelf, but I, you know, I did have some customers who wouldn't read it, said it wasn't historical, historically accurate, like forgetting that it's fiction and, and that maybe misunderstanding that, um, it's okay for him to have imagined the Underground Railroad as literal because yeah. it's fiction. Um, well, and I think the fantastical but, imagining of history like that can open up. It, it's almost like it just sort of, speaking of reading fiction, like it just sort of like <laughs> loosens you enough that you're not comparing it the whole time, right? It just gives yes, you a little that's exactly space. Right. Yeah, you just can be like, okay, uh, I don't have to, uh, you know... It's like my friend who always says you should see the movie before the book so you can just enjoy the movie and not be comparing it to the book the whole time. It's like when you take yeah. something so historically high stakes and um, add that fantastic and fantastical element so you can just let go that this is not supposed to be a history book. and it But it allows right. that empathy and that imagining in a different way than, say, a, a nonfiction book. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any more recommendations for us? Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin. I take a probiotic. And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze. And its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. 
their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Okay, so I've got one more, and this one is a little less literary and more commercial fiction, um, but I, again, listened to this one. Um, it's Small Great Things by Jodi Picoult. Have you heard? I've heard about it, one? and I think, you know, what are some other books she's read? I can't remember if I've ever read anything by her. I think I have, but I'm not sure. So the, she writes, it feels like a book a year or a book every couple of years. And she but does my sort of like a rip from the headline kind of thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So my sister's keeper um, was like a, a movie. So that one was really popular. Um, trying to think what some of her other, I have only read one other one of hers. Leaving Time was one. Um, the Tenth Circle, The Pact. Uh, my sister keeper to me, that was the only other one of hers I have read. But generally, um, a, a lot of readers, especially book club readers, really love her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never have picked this book up. Um, it's her most recent novel. I would never have picked it up were it not for I am in a book club of knitters, so we listen to audiobooks while we knit. I love that. Um, oh, my God. I have to start that in Paducah. That is a genius idea. <laughs> it's fantastic. So my friend runs a yarn shop here in town, and we were looking for ways to collaborate because a lot of readers are also knitters. So anyway, we now knit once a month and listen to a new audiobook. So we listened to Small Great Things, which in Jody Picoult fashion has been, is a story that she kind of ripped from the headlines about um, an African-American nurse who was um, taking care of a baby and it wound up being a white supremacist baby and they requested that she be taken off um, the case, that she not be their nurse anymore. And then... Um, Something awful happens. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the the baby dies kind of on her watch. Oh, and no. what proceeds, and I don't think that that is um, the true story. That's just where Jodie Picoult took it. But then the book kind of follows a little bit of courtroom drama, um, which I thought was compelling. But but the voices, she tells them in three different voices. Um, so one is the voice of the nurse the voice of the defense attorney, and then the voice of the white supremacist. And, I mean, listening to it, Audra McDonald is the voice of the nurse. So Ooh, that narration was sold, fantastic. sold. Right, right. So that, her her narration was awesome. Um, but it was the startling voice and the really awful voice of the white supremacist that, to me, was the most powerful because to to listen to it especially was just, I mean, kind of gave me goosebumps in not a good way, like in a terrifying way, to just get kind of an eye, a bird's eye view of that mentality. Um, and I I think critics were kind of half and half on this book, but I, what I loved was that Roxanne Gay wrote a review of it in the New York Times. So 
Um, and I thought it was really a great review. So anyway, small great things. I think it would make it made a very compelling book club book for our group. And it, it's a really good audio book, too. Oh, I'm doing that. Audrey McDonald. Sold. I don't even tell me anything else. <laughs> well, Annie, thank you so much. These recommendations have been fantastic. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's the perfect mix of I love talking about books I've read and I love getting book recommendations. So it worked out perfect for me. Selfishly, but I think our listeners are going to really love it as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for um, giving me the opportunity. I love any chance I get to kind of evangelize about about good books. And make sure and check out my um, stint on Annie's podcast. We will put um, the link in the show notes and share it. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed my chat with Annie. We will be back on Tuesday while Beth is overseas with another interview. Until then, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're still wrapping up our membership drive. So if you haven't become a supporter of Pantsuit Politics, we're a little short of our goal and we would love your support. You can ch- click become a supporter on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Pantsuit Politics. Thank you to my husband, our producer, Nicholas Holland. And our new executive producer, Tracy. So thank you so much for joining us on the Q&A to all our patrons who joined and asked questions. And anybody who is already a supporter can go and check it out now. And until next week, keep it nuanced, y'all.